profile film. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, hopefully these kind of films come, become the norm. <laughs> it was kind of like a Lion King moment, right? On, on that cliff. <laughs> yeah, and watching it like, was the a sun bit of yeah, watching the and sunset the and stuff. And, oh, it was and so I think nice. it was that point where we kind of like, yeah, we kind of I like felt, felt it. Sorry I for. felt, I felt, I didn't cry, but I, I felt like a little, mm. I don't know, something in my chest, like, yeah. like I felt it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And can we just say, by the way, Michael B. Jordan's performance as a, to yeah, yeah, he was so good. He was he was really good and and what I thought was his Okay, hello and welcome to Colour Out the Box Podcast and I'm your host Mo as always and I'm joined by two new people. Can you guys introduce yourself please? Yeah sure. Hi, my name is Richard. <laughs> I, I work in um, a digital advertising role, um, which I've been in um, for over around 10 years in the industry of digital advertising. Um, industry kind of like interests around um, digital music, technology, um, arts, culture, um, and travel. Okay. Um, and my Twitter handle is Amplary Richard. Yep. Okay. We'll put it in the podcast description, definitely. Oh, you changed your Twitter handle. Um, (laughs) You did, actually. It took me a moment to find you. (laughs) Cool. Um, So my name's Sean. I work at a tech company. I've been... I work in kind of a branding and strategy role for the past... I've worked in advertising for approximately 10 years now. Okay. I'm in branding strategy, and I guess kind of my interest around branding strategy is storytelling and kind of what stories brands tell and how they um, kind of shape society. Okay, interesting. Um, so this is Colour Out the Box podcast. You, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Colour Out the Box. Also on Facebook. Again, please like our Facebook page. Thank you for the two people that did last week. Thank you to them. And you can always email us, email us at colourouttheBox at gmail.com. Okay, with all your thoughts and queries. So we're going to get straight into our main topic of discussion. Okay, welcome back. And today, Rich and Shane, we are going to talk about Black Panther. What, what? <laughs> um, just to our listeners, if you haven't watched the film, don't listen to this podcast because there's going to be spoilers. Um, we're going to talk about the film, our thoughts, our feelings, and basically the amazingness that it is, well, in my opinion anyway. So, um, guys, what was your initial thoughts of the film? Um, so for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm not um, a heavy kind of like Marvel or comic reader um, historically. I'll so I was very much watching the <laughs> film from a, you know, not really like a great background on Black Panther. Um, obviously, okay. there's been lots of, you know, news about, you know, the cast and, you know, what Black Panther's about. And um, so I was just, yeah, really interested to obviously go and see it and just like learn more. So I did a little bit of reading like as a background, but... Um, just as a, a kind of like general, you know, viewer of the film, um, my thoughts and perspectives aren't really as someone who's, you know, knows a lot about the comic uh, well, background. And you went to a special, you put on a special screening. Yeah, sure. So one of the reasons why <laughs> myself, Richard and Sean are, are here today on the Coloured Out the Box um, podcast is that um, I work for um, Google and Sean works for Facebook um, and we put on a special screening 
um, together in View Leicester Square. So you almost kind of like made history by bringing big, <laughs> those two big companies together for um, Black Panther screening. How was it anyway? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, wasn't that dramatic. But I think, oh, I don't um, know. <laughs> I think kind of, in, kind of, I think it was a great idea. So kind of we both have kind of like Google and Facebook Black committees and committed to doing things like that things like that and I think the great thing about this was it was an opportunity for us to kind of celebrate um something that was actually probably a bigger deal than most people realize and you know the first time you have a majority all black cast in a majority in an actual Hollywood film aimed at everyone and it wasn't about slavery no exactly and it wasn't about oppression and it wasn't about kind of us suffering it was a film like any other film telling a great story um and no I, I really loved it I thought it was a um I wouldn't say it was a watershed moment but it was definitely something that has been coming for a long time that people have been waiting for and I guess you can see definitely. that in the celebration and the ways people reacted to it coming out so I watched it with my sister um we literally just went to our local cinema um I went we both went all dressed in black and with my Ankara top underneath, just in um, support. But yeah, it was really good. Cinema completely packed as well. So it was really nice to see, and not just black people, everybody kind of like came out to see it. So in terms of the film, do you think it lived up to the hype? Would, you know, did it, do you feel, cause there was a lot of hype around it. Did you, did you think it met your expectations? Yeah, for me, I think, you know, being a, you know, majority black kind of like film, just like putting that aside, I, I thought it was a really good film. Um, just to watch, you know, just, you know, is anyone kind of going to watch it? I think they you know, enjoy it, you know, regardless of what kind of like genre of film um, that they're kind of like used to watching or kind of like maybe favour. Um, but obviously, you know, you know the, the cast, you know, as a sub layer of, of that it being a, a really good film was kind of like an inspiration um, and was, you know, did have that, it did add that extra impact um, to the greatness that it was. Um, and for me, I think it's. I think your question. There's two parts to it. First, is it a good film? Mm. To, uh, which yes, it's a great film. It's probably one of the better films within the Marvel universe, which is great as a standalone. And then as an aside, it's kind of what does that film actually represent? And I think because it's the first time we have something that has been kind of had that level of budget and uh, with that kind of cast, and you know, that's the subject matter was a predominant. Well, it was a black narrative to even within that respect it was still a good film and I think but it's important to understand that yes we loved it and yes there was a lot of hype around it but at the same time it still needs to be judged on the merits of being a good film first Mm. which it definitely lives up to and all the additional things about what it's about are great too but a black story is a story and they've told it in a really good way and I think we just need to kind of ensure that actually it's not kind of suddenly oh black stories sell it's telling good stories about diverse cast and just things that are real life or I mean it's a comic book film but it just happens to be about people from this environment rather than it being kind of this oh my gosh, we didn't know black people had amazing stories to tell. It's ju- They're just the subject matter within the Marvel Universe for that film. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I saw it, I think afterwards I was relieved. I was relieved that it was good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking, what if it's really bad? Um, do we pretend that it was mm-hmm. good? Um, so I was quite happy. I watch a lot of the, I watched all the Marvel mm-hmm. films apart from 
Ant-Man, that's the only one that I haven't seen. But in terms of the whole Marvel Universe, I actually thought it was actually a really good film. Um, and also as a film on its own, it, I think it's it's it was a good film that you could, you don't have to watch all the other Marvel films mm, yeah. to enjoy it. So I thought that was really good. So in terms of the story, just to recap, we've basically got um, T'Challa, who's recently become king because he's well, he's going to become king because his dad was killed in um, Captain America: Civil War. And basically, that's where the film starts in terms of him trying to take, um, trying to take the throne. And then um, what we have is this other story of um, his cousin, I think you'd call yeah. him, mm. um, Eric Killamonger, who basically comes to challenge for the throne. So, and then you have all these other um, subplots going on. Um, in terms of, you've talked a little bit about liking the film. Was there anything that you didn't like? Or you felt they could have improved on? No, no, I think with all films, right, you can critique it and yeah. you know, there, there's elements to the film, um, you know, that maybe, you know, but I, I don't really have anything that I can point out that, you know, I thought it was an all-round kind of like good, good film. Um, you know, having spoken to some other people that have kind of like watched it since, um, you know, they probably emphasise things such as, you know, potentially like emphasising more like the black... Black Power message and, you know, just emphasising that more. I think Michael B. Jordan, he, you know, touched on it a little bit um, within the film where he was, you know, relating back to, you know, empowering the people outside of Wakanda, um, you know, back home in America, etc., where he grew mm. up. He was talking about that and relating, you know, into that message. But, you know, this is a Marvel film and we go back to that again and, and there's only so much of the you know, um, kind of black power narrative that you can kind of include in it, right? Like it's a Marvel film and it, it, for me it serves its purpose. Um, okay. So I don't really have any, you know, main... So what would you What it. would you say, just flipping the question now, what did you enjoy about it? What was your favourite scenes or part of the film? For me, it was, yeah, it was like being a sci-fi film, you know, I loved the effects. Um, you know, I loved the, the technology side of it female empowerment I feel like the equal weighting between you know, male and female genders you know the kind of like whole gender bias is you know such a strong um, conversation right now right so I think like the females you know played an amazing role in the film um, see that was my favourite bit I because I watched um, Wonder Woman yeah and that was supposed to be about female empowerment but I don't think it quite hit the mark because she still was supported by predominantly male cast and in terms of her mission whereas this the um, women characters were just as strong as the men so for me that was like a big and the British actor the king's um sorry the king's um sister what's yes her name? um Letitia um, yeah Letitia Letitia Wright yeah Letitia Wright yeah spent a lot of time in Wolverhampton I believe and she moved to London or she grew up in London I thought she was amazing like yeah. in the film and the way she was handling like a lot of the technology and like her empowerment. She was like one of the key figures for me, like watching the film from a, yeah. especially from a technology standpoint as well. I yeah. was really impressed um, by that aspect. How um, about you, Sean? So what I like, so I think I touching on kind of some of the points, I think in terms of if we look at kind of female, especially black female, it's not, it wasn't a lot of films kind of Hollywood are told through the male perspective. Mm. Um, and actually their subplots weren't about them or they were I guess different story arcs rather than being about you know her trying you know it could have very easily turned into you know Soli Peter for example talking about her 
one day becoming queen and that could have been her narrative exactly. and, and her story within the film is based on her as a character I think the general was one of the firstly kind of you know even when we talk about you know especially black Akoya. female empowerment um, she's dark skinned which I think is not a mistake because you know yeah. there is a lot of kind of when you look at subjugation of races the darker you are usually the more you're, you're suffering she's a strong powerful woman she doesn't she doesn't have kind of typically European hair and they even make light of that reference where yeah. it's actually not only does it not enhance her beauty it actually takes away her strength and power when she's trying to fight and I think they very very purposely in instances make kind of statements or references to things just to show that it is about not your atypical empowerment which would be for a woman which would be about beauty and, and kind and of And it was so love. nice seeing dark-skinned women mm. because especially in a big budget film like this so if we think about um, we talked about on a podcast previously Storm in X-Men mm. who's previously been played by Halle Berry and is now going to be played by um, Alexander Ship, okay. um, who again is biracial. Um, Storm in the comic books is dark skin mm. and she's got white hair. So this for once was a film that to be honest, majority of the, um, the yeah. cast were of um, a darker complexion, which is mm. quite unusual for like a big budget film, which is quite good. It's amazing. I mean, we're even having like, a, a conversation, about right? It. About <laughs> yeah, like the skin tone of, of a you know of, of a female in, in the film, um, but it just shows you know like where we're at in terms of you know 2018. This is the kind of like one of the first films where we've seen that that black powerful you know woman in, in a high budget um, you know film um, with a black director as well, like in. in in the film but you know hopefully you know 10-15 years time this this becomes the norm and it's not even a conversation anymore I think the important thing though to um, I guess reference is she's also not angry she is mm. yeah. so, so she is the general she's the head of the army she has she and has she's a position nuanced. of power yes and it's nuanced and there's depth and there's layers to characters which, which usually you don't get with black characters because they almost have to be kind of wallpaper and fill in and they have to represent a multitude of society which means they mean nothing and usually um so they're kind of background characters background actors they don't have their whole story and i know we're kind of we're going to touch upon it later but even when you look at someone like um killmonger yeah. his story is layered in so many ways that he's not just this black guy from compton who's angry and wants to take on the mm. world and you don't get mm. to see all the different parts that make him whole and i think that's important because in hollywood so often a black character is just a um they fill in a very small piece of the puzzle but they don't have yeah. anything more to them it's nice that they weren't well because often the black characters are the friend the sidekick the funny person the funny person mm. or if it's a woman she's there to fulfill a specific role of maybe like the sex like part or that kind of thing so it's nice to have like fully developed rounded characters um so we touched on killamonger who is basically the anti-hero what did you guys think of him? Like, did you did you consider him to be the villain in terms of, so for those that don't know, he obviously wanted to, so Wakanda is basically this mythical place. It's got all of this technology, all of this wealth. And he was just like, well, we should be using this to uplift um, other black people within the world, not just within Wakanda. That was his mission. Obviously, he was killing a few people on the way and, you know, violence and all people. that stuff. And yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. War and all that kind of thing. But that was his main mission. So what did we think of his character? I think it was, yeah, expertly written. Like yeah. like Sean said, like, I think the layers 
and the depth to his character was like definitely refreshing. You know, usually he would have been inserted into a film as a straight villain. Yeah, um, a bit comical kind of thing. Yeah, comical and he would have entered Wakanda as, you know, this kind of like villainous, um, you know, character. But, you know, having the backstory and and like the recap within the film of, you know, his upbringing and and then the backstory of, you know, how his father died, etc. And how he got left, you know, in, in America. Um, to kind of like fend for himself was a really nice story and then Do obviously it's a bit of a spoiler you think that was almost kind of them saying that he represents African Americans of them feeling abandoned and being left yes, behind yes. by Africans I don't know if you I don't know I'm stretching I don't know if you get that deep with it's actually been mentioned before and yeah. I, I actually do agree that that yeah that was kind of like um, kind of like yeah the sub some analogy of it all yeah definitely I, I, f- I believe so because I, I I think that might be a stretch and I think that actually might push I would say it's probably maybe it's, if I looked at it it might be more of the reverse where I think that you know actually a lot of kind of and I don't want to generalise but um, Africans might feel that America feels disconnected for them or Afro- African Americans feel disconnected from yeah. Af- um, being African because of what's happened so I don't know if you can say it's that deep I think what I do what I did find interesting kind of actually about his character is I think he's a true embodiment of what they say in The Dark Knight which is you uh, live long enough to become the villain yeah because which is actually quite nice for a film because his motivation whilst they come from a pace of trying you know he's trying to do something good his actions or how he's gone about it have been so he's been so clouded by his actions you can't you don't necessarily see the light within him but I don't think he was definitely a standard film villain because that would have been too easy but then you can say that about even T'Challa's um, dad um, um, T'Chaka he killed um, yeah. Killamonga's um, dad in you know you see that in the opening well at the beginning of the film um, and he even says the line to his son that you know, you're a good man, which is it's going to make it hard for you to be a good king. Mm. So, in terms of to do good, sometimes you have to do evil or bad. Are we saying? Yeah, to an extent. I think it also. I would say it might be more a metaphor for a lot of um, African dictators who are, have yes. you know come into power to do good, and then because maybe the weight of what they're trying to do, or maybe the paranoia, or whatever it is, it's eventually. Um, people forget you see less of the hero and more the villain um and i think one of the hard the thing that i was most worried about when i was going to watch a film which um was the idea of black and black violence because we've seen yeah. it so much and i think that would have been disappointing if that was where the kind of core of the film was i think maybe it suffered a little bit from that because the fight scenes aren't as dramatic or aren't as big as they would be in um the other Marvel films, but I think it's very deliberate not to show kind mm. of just black people fighting other black people because I think that would have been worrisome for me. Really? Absolutely. Because because for me, I was like, well, it's a film that's got predominantly black people. There's a good and a bad side. They're going to have to fight each other. So when I watch, say, like, for instance, um, for Ragnarok, you got white people fighting each other. I never think like, oh, that's white and white violence. I just think like it's, you know, good versus evil kind of thing. Yes, but in the difference, I would say it's when you look at most other Marvel films there, for the most part, they're fighting kind of out otherworldly. Yeah. So it's aliens or it's robots or it's kind of, 
and they're allowed to be more one-dimensionally evil seeing kind of people dressed representing Africa mm. in this instance in Wakanda fighting other people and killing each other would have just been I've seen this story before yeah it's not necessarily what I think Hollywood should be showing and I think because we said at the beginning it has a bigger responsibility than just being a film rightly or wrongly just to show that I think I would have had issues with that I can see enough things about kind of black people fighting each other in kind of other areas of um, media not to have to see that in a film I think that was definitely a consideration like from Ryan Coogler definitely because when you think about the fight scene you're comparing it to we're other we're talking about the kind of almost like at the climax yeah the, the climax film, right and like... what you normally you have that in your belly that you want you know the good guy to win so much against the bad guy and you want to see the bad guy you know die in the most yeah. horrific way yeah. whereas this was like the opposite right mm. you know we knew the backstory to Killmonger's like um, you know upbringing etc we didn't really want him to die that kind of like so death you, in, in was, the in was the, you one of those people fire. that didn't want him because I actually didn't want him to die no no exactly so and the way I think it did play out was you know the correct way yeah. like it wasn't that kind of like sudden you know apocalyptic kind of death that we kind of yeah. normally see in a lot of Marvel films I even still kind of think is he dead. And even the battle as well, like between, you know, the female army, that was handled yeah. really well, right? The way it came to, yeah. you know, Daniel Kaluuya's that ca- character, um, Wakabi, the way he kind of like came to a kneel, you know, and, and the powerful, you know, yeah, black female the, soldier. The rhinoceros he had to, kneel to, her. Had to like, That was down. expertly done as well, <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good. So just going back to Kilimanga, his general mission, are we saying that he was a true villain or could you, was you kind of, almost supportive of his mission or in between I think the best villains in films aren't one dimensional you know when you think of even kind of going out of this probably best film villain in the past 20 years maybe Heath Ledger's Joker mm. and okay. his motivations for doing it were kind of it's when it's not just based on this one singular you know doing it for money or doing it for yeah. it was I think it was you could get on board with what he was trying to do and then I think it was no one miss no one thought he was trying to do what he was trying to do was bad maybe he thought the way that he was going about it wasn't the best way but I think that's what makes his character interesting is you support his mission maybe you just don't support the execution of it or maybe you do but I think yes he's a villain within the constructs of how films work but as a general metaphor for his actions um, I think the nuance which is maybe actually makes people a little bit more uncomfortable is a good thing because it actually challenges you um, in what you think about how the best way to go. Because some people would argue that actually um, T'Chaka and his way of doing it and his dad's way wasn't the best either. And I think the film allows you to pick rather than saying... Because I wouldn't necessarily say like T'Challa was good or the way that they ran Wakanda because obviously they had all this technology and wealth, which they basically, if you was not from Wakanda, you didn't really benefit from. Um, but as you said, like with Killamonger, his approach maybe wasn't the best approach, but his kind of like general kind of like mission ethos, I actually agreed with it in terms of helping other black people. So in terms of moving on, obviously Wakanda doesn't actually exist. However, I did look it up. <laughs> it, they said the precise location would be, um, it kind of borders Uganda, Kenya and South Sudan. 
how do you figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> this is based upon, um, I think, various different kind of like sources in terms of this is potentially where it would be. Mm. And they're basically saying Wakanda... So, you know, this whole thing of vib- um, vibranium being yeah. this precious metal that is only there. Um, a lot of people are drawing parallels with Congo in terms of them ha- being the... Um, basically having a high supply of cobalt Mm. which is used a lot in the tech industry so Mm. things like lithium batteries and stuff like that and they have it there yet this country is still very poor Mm. so i think for me i almost saw that this wakanda was almost like a rewriting of um african history Mm. potentially what you know am i am i reading too much into it Everyone's like gone silent, bitch. What do you think? (laughs) I think we can carry on kind of like looking into, you know, different elements of of the Marvel film and not forgetting it's a Marvel film. I think, you know, I've had discussions (laughs) with people about, you know, talking about it's the same kind of like parallels when we speak about Blood Diamonds, you know, ownership of our own jewels. And you can relate that back to even like early on in the scene, right? When Michael B. Jordan, sorry, Killmonger, was in, in the gallery in London. And, yeah. and then, you know, you look in, at the Queen's the Crown British, Jewels. British, well, I think they called it like the Museum of yeah, Britain. Yeah, and I think they were touching it there, right? Like yeah. reclaiming your ownership of yeah. you know, what we lost and, you know, what we've given um, to like, you know, really Western Hemisphere. I really enjoyed that scene, actually. So yeah, is that Where he that was like, how did, you, how did your ancestors get this? <laughs> <laughs> and he basically took it back. That was a nice intro to the film, definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, yeah, it draws parallels with, with that narrative of, you know, us... Know, giving away our jewels and our you know ownership of not you know keeping um you know our golds and our diamonds you know just giving that away and but also like if you think about it africa in general it's such a big place but it's mm. got so many natural resources and as i said we have all the um congo has all this cobalt yet it's a place that is you know got issues with civil war and you know you know um if, you know a lot of the um people there are poor yet you have they have this big resource natural resource yet it's not really benefiting you know the citizens of that country so that's why i felt like when i watched the film i was like this is potentially how an africa or african countries could have been maybe if we hadn't been colonized and I mean to Richard's what do you point, think <laughs> I think to Richard's point firstly it's a Marvel film and, yes you know, I understand like, trying to get that deep into it and I think maybe it's because I think maybe that's one thing where um, what it doesn't touch upon is you don't really see the people of Wakanda in the film you see a lot of kind of the you see the royalty and you see the army yeah. and you, see, you don't see the general day to day people although it is um, kind of thriving as such and I don't know um, how deep you can get with I mean yes Congo is abundant with minerals and part of the problem that Congo has is that it's abundant with minerals and so yeah. you know those minerals so they actually call them conflict minerals and I think there's um, they kind of almost power the war because the resources are so precious that people would fight over them and so maybe in that way the fact that actually Wakanda because it has these minerals that are so powerful and because of it they've been quite um quiet with it because they know that they will be inviting conflict by showcasing that to the world yeah maybe that is where you can draw the parallel and i'm actually quite interested to see with the next one which hopefully there will be and i'm kind of quite certain they will if that then becomes a plot line as they become as they mm. open themselves up to the world does the um land grab or the mineral grab start to become a um essential part of the story and does that maybe start to tear the fabric of the society yeah because i think 
Yeah, and so that's what I'll be interested to see. And that's maybe where you can draw the parallel rather than, you know, rewrite history. Because I think the other thing that is important is in how history has been rewritten, it has taken away, you know, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the actual um, stories about how some of these countries or regions or territories were flourishing prior to colonization, etc. So maybe, maybe yes, but I don't, I think it's important to realize that some of these countries were great before colonization. Um, but I don't know how much I can answer that question. No, I'm, I mean, obviously we can't because history as it is, but when I watched the film, I thought even though I'm Nigerian thinking of Nigeria, we're, you know, we're all, all rich nation if that oil were to stay in the country and benefit the country, how different a place it could be. Um, that's when I watched the film, literally, I, that's how I was thinking. Obviously, I know Wakanda doesn't exist, but I was thinking how this is maybe like showing that this is how maybe some of the African nations could have existed had it been that we were left with our own resource and natural resources and being able to flourish. It was just, just yeah. some thoughts. So in terms of um, the film, it's there's been a lot of parallels being drawn with the civil rights movement. So the main characters, Killamonger um, and um, T'Challa representing Malcolm X and um, MLK, Martin Luther King. <laughs> Rich, you're laughing. Um, what do you guys think of that? Is it a stretch? Because also, Stan Lee, obviously one of um, the comic book creators, did reference the fact that, you know, um, Professor um, Xavier and um, what's his name? Magneto. Magneto is based upon those, those people as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, I think it's, I mean, this is maybe a more a in-depth point rather than related to the film, but a part of it is that because we have so few of these films, it, ha it then mm. becomes representative of everything. Yeah. And it becomes... do you think do you think we're literally piling all our black home yeah, onto this everything, film? Potentially, <laughs> because you haven't had anything to pile it onto before. Yeah. And suddenly, um, it's kind of like you open a jar and everyone puts whatever they have. Yeah. From that jar about all themselves about into that film. Yeah. And I think the and this goes to a wider point on representation because. Um, when you see something that has a group of people who are not considered mainstream, everyone thinks that they have to be making a statement about something because they can't just be there for the yeah. sake of being there. So yes, I think there are sources that are, it's inspired by, but yeah. inspired by and being an actual representation, I think are two completely different things. And I think, um, to your point, Xavier and Magneto are both inspired by Malcolm, but no one talks about it. Yeah. because they're not black and so yeah. I don't think maybe that's necessarily the conversation that we need to be having but I think it's a um, in, interesting reflection of their varying approaches to the, se to the civil rights because basically movement. they're trying to uplift their people the mutants of course um, and then obviously in um, you know mm. Black Panther Killamonger his main mission is to try and uplift black people in, you know, in America and around the world and okay. You know, T'Challa is trying to protect his people, so I suppose maybe that's where you get the parallels. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I need Sean, you're the like doing your head like side to side. I need the director, Ryan Coogler, to come and on that, really. To be I mean, like we said, he wasn't available, Rich. Film. What can I say? We're finding a lot on this film, to yeah. be honest with you. Like, you know, hopefully, you know, we see some dramas and thrillers that kind of maybe address those kind of topics, but, you know, as, as for this Marvel. You know, sci-fi superhero film. Um, I'd leave that one aside. 
but I would say it is a great thing to start to see our stories being told. So, you know, there's obviously this and there's Get Out as well. And whilst, and I just, it's kind of start, I think telling better stories is mm. something that yeah. about us and our experience is something that has been lacking for so long. Um, and I think where you said at the beginning, where it's not about oppression and our struggle, where it's just more about, it's a good story. Yeah, and it's not these. And don't get me wrong, you know, some people love Tyler Perry, and that's fine if that's hey, what I you're watched, down for. I watched your Tyler Perry but film. I think the, <laughs> the difference is that kind of Black Panther, Get Out is not a black film, and no. Black Panther is not a black film. Get Out is a thriller slash drama slash whatever you want to call it. I think it was brilliant. Like, and then Black Panther is a superhero film. They just happen to have a black cast in um, Black Panther, and in Get Out it's a thriller that happens to be around kind of his racial experience yeah but it's still a thriller at the end of the day and i think sorry to side note daniel kalula don't you think he's had such an amazing Amazing 12 months to be in basically one of the two biggest films of like the last like 12 months basically yeah especially like last year i think i saw him on the tube (laughs) (laughs) so but no i think you know firstly him winning a bafta as well you know yeah yeah good good on him you know it's great to see london being represented and yeah um yeah okay so just going back we kind of touched upon it like how women are being represented in this so i suppose i'll talk a little bit on this and everything Mm -hmm. i just thought it was just so nice as we discussed seeing dark skin brown you know different types of black women with natural hair um on screen you know you had women that were strong women that were sexy women that were intelligent just kind of like I think it was the first time that we had all those kind of like dimensions from different characters within the one film basically so um I don't know do you guys did you guys even care did you even notice it what do you guys think sometimes within the same woman as well I think that's yeah exactly um I think so what's interesting is usually the black woman character is the Angela kind of Bassett character it's yeah uh, she's her son or she's kind of (laughs) You know, <laughs> torn between this kind of... She's a victim. Angela Bassett looks so amazing in the film, uh, yes. by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you, but usually you're kind of so used to seeing... Mm. I mean, look at every, what, mm. black woman that's won an Oscar. So Halle Berry for... Um, she was suffering. Um, yeah. Then what was he? Who was the other one that won an Oscar? It's difficult to think of. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Again. Oh, yeah, the help. Suffering. The help. The help. The help. The help. I've been it's amazed. Always, <laughs> it's amazed. always, yeah. they're always a um, victim. There's someone admitting it. It's bugging Even Denzel, like, had to be before you took it. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, like, it's, but especially for black women, they are suffering. Mm. And they're, it's and Lupita as well, they have endured so much. And the oh, performance yeah, of course, comes Lupita from... Oh, yeah, Lupita won her support Yeah, but it comes from the rawness of their suffering. And in this, they are not victims. They are, you know, they're powerful and they're strong, but not strong not like the carrying the weight of black blackness strong. or black <laughs> suffering on their shoulders we're then, not you know? we're not pushing that narrative yeah exactly um and it's great my one of my favorite scenes is when um so sorry two favorite scenes is when okoya who's the general of the um, women's army yeah. yes when she throws off the wig when she's like mm. ready to fight but also that um car chase scene where the car basically just like breaks up into different pieces 
and you see her like falling through the air and she managed to land on like a car door with like she's got like um, a spear or something just all of that and I just thought oh my gosh that was like amazing and I felt to be honest that some of the best kind of like effects in terms of action scenes were actually done by the women which was actually really nice to see yeah definitely like for me Okoye like she was definitely inspirational um, figure you know for young up-and-coming like actresses like you know going from the thing considering to go to drama school you know it just proves that you don't have to be this stereotypical you know light-skinned you know straight hair like black woman to kind of like get into the industry and just back to the scene actually yeah that scene where she was wearing the wig when she hopped out of the car and she was like really you know really awkward before she looked into walked into the casino and she yeah. had to you know, take it off and throw down i think that was quite symbolic yeah and just she generally her it. being the leader of the, the army was like really yeah. powerful and the way she supported t'challa throughout the film and she was his right hand man you know in the and can I just, not all the time because you know she had that conflict as when this is where the character so yeah. usually she would have been you know when he was dethroned she mm. would have been oh you know victim she, oh my god um, she would have, she would have gone right, and, yeah, she and, the tribe, and yeah. but she was like actually i have a role and i'm a yeah, leader yeah and i have there are rules to this it's exactly. not about i'm not being run by my emotion man, yeah, i'm being well. run i felt by like she duty. just was getting her job done yeah yeah, yeah. which is and you know what i actually quite liked because from the comics i did some research in the comics um and the women's army they wore like red dresses short dresses mm. heels they had long flowing hair mm. and also um okoya's character was actually secretly in love with the king so it was actually nice okay. that they changed Strip a lot that. of those yeah, elements yeah. because it wasn't about her just like following the king because she's in love she felt she followed the king because it was her duty mm. and also you know as i said like they made her a general as well so she her character was really built up and everything and not just this i don't know fluff kind of like and again like piece. from the start it was chichala who was weak at the knees when he saw nakia right exactly yeah. so it was the reverse of what normally exactly. happened it's like the woman <laughs> at being the beck and neil of the guy it was t'challa and his sister taking a piss out of him every single time yeah um the, in the, the scenes of up. their sister she um um zuri she was so good she yeah. was amazing and so amazing. funny as well and smart let's not you know yeah. let's remember she was also she was the you know, reason that Wakanda, as a lot of its success was down yeah. to her and her use of technology, and which I think maybe if we really want to start getting deep into it, might mm. show you know with the kind of lack of you know black or minority women in tech, especially black people, and it's actually cool to see a young, somewhat cool character who is super intelligent, super smart, and is using technology to um to empower our people. I think was um maybe that's kind of a subtext that um, if you wanted to get deep on something, but I don't think that was accidental. So well, let's go deep on that. Yeah. So like just talking about representation in the tech industry, you guys, can I say both black guys <laughs> working in the tech industry, I work in fashion retail industry. Um, I know I'm a minority in my industry. How's it for you guys? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, you know, within the digital advertising industry, I'm in, in the extreme minority um, of the, kind of like ethnic group. So I'm within the, you know, the 2% within my organization company really? being Google. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, you're the standout, um, you know, in, in the meeting, you're the standout out of work events. Mm. Um, for myself, you know, I've been in the industry for quite a long time, you know, 10 plus years, it's become kind of like the norm. And it, you know, it has felt like there's been progress, but very, very slow progress. So um, you, you don't, you, you've seen change, but maybe not at the pace that you think. Yeah, exactly. Be. I'd say over, only, you know, 
of the recent kind of like years, like I say, the last year or so. Um, prior to that, you know, to nine years before, it, there's literally been no change at all. Okay. Um, I'd say my experience. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, going back, to using tech and going back to the film, I think it's one looking at. Um, actually tech is really accelerating growth in and I hate using World Africa because I think it's kind of all encompassing and it, really, yeah. <laughs> it reduces kind of the overall power of individual countries but actually as a whole tech is really powered in content and you have some amazing people doing some amazing things with technology in kind of Nigeria or South Africa or if everywhere across the continent and I think looking at that and then bringing that back to actually technology I think because tech companies are in terms of numbers are expanded so rapidly and they're already picking from a very very small pool of black people or mm. ethnic people it means that we're not only we're getting left behind because the rate of growth and the lack of people coming in means that actually if it doubles and we stay still we've halved in size um and so i think that's an important thing to look at is how we are getting where where are we getting that talent from and how do we keep up with the pace of change to make sure that our impact is stronger in an industry that is growing so fastly that actually our impact and influence is becoming smaller but do you think that organizations are actively trying to tackle the issue of diversity um do you think it's something that's on their agenda i mean yes and no because i one i hate the word diversity i think it's ridiculous i think it kind of makes it it what would what would you think t- would be like a better it's, it's it's not a there's not a better word because i don't when i walk down the street in london i don't look around and say oh look at diversity i'm just like this is real life yeah so it's not you know there's no there's no agenda with but then when you walk outside in terms of london it's a mix like you know you go yeah. to the bus stop it's like different people so maybe maybe representation is a better word but when i'm in my office I don't think that reflects what is outside in terms of on the streets. Of course, and I think that's what needs to be addressed because then that makes it an actual thing. I think just saying we're not diverse enough. Okay, what does diversity look like? Oh, having seven black people instead of two. Okay, but what's the point of that? And so I really struggle with if you are going to, don't get me wrong, yes, I want more people to come into industry, but I need to, I think you need to give companies Um, and companies need to kind of set up something that so they actually understand why they're doing it because if you're just we're just hiring black people for black people's sake and people make it kind of a mole thing yes it's great and yes it's a mole thing but actually what is the effect on our business what why are we doing it because once you have a purpose behind it and you're mindful it just becomes something that you do with more rigor and with more um with with more purpose behind it because i think it's okay I get your point in terms of you don't want to just do it for the sake of it almost like charity but I think what I think also going back to the film it's about opportunity as well of course so um, it's also showing that also um, you know black people that yes these um, these opportunities are available to you as well so I think that was quite good especially with um, Letitia Wright's character showing young women that you know what this is maybe an avenue that you could go down as well and I think that's what it is is lacking sometimes Absolutely, and I think to that point in the film, yes, it's show. Sorry, Rich, I'm probably talking about. Sorry, Rich. But it's it's the power of what a good story can tell you. And in Black Panther, there are a lot of stories that have can have powerful effects on. So, saying young black women, yes, technology career in tech is available to you, and you can flourish. Um, But I do think when when we tell the story of diversity, I think the story needs to be told better because people have been talking. It's been a big part of the agenda for maybe 
a year, maybe two years have been part of the kind of zeitgeist, but it's what is the effect of that story and why are we telling this story, which will really start to move things rather than we should probably just do it because it's a good thing, which I completely agree with as well. But um, yeah, doing it with meaning and with thought as to why, I think makes it more powerful and makes it people more accountable to it. Okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with, you know, everything Sean said, like doing it with meaning with, and a purpose, not just trying to hit the quota and the number. I think that's a very, very big problem in industry and it can, you know, it creates that kind of sense of, you know, um, you know, that imposter syndrome for some of the, you know, the employees yeah. that are there at the moment in their current roles. I think like, you know, my sector, I think the one of the other big problems, you know, aside from race and gender is like classism, like, you know, yeah. just widening the pool just generally, right, across classes. So it's very upper middle class, like where, you know, in my yeah. kind of industry and where I work. And I think if you probably relate that back to the movie industry as well, I think traditionally it's probably been, you know, upper class, you know, yeah. kids even, that are well to do off, they can go to Because even when you think about it, because even in my industry, we have a lot of interns. Yeah who work for free yeah. to do that is is a privilege because you have to be able to you know they've often got parents that can support them um especially in a place like london mm. one of the most expensive cities in the world to work for free there's not many people that can do that including myself i couldn't do that so one of the things that i discuss with my work is that we have to pay the interns because otherwise we can't get a diverse pool of different people. And I'm not talking about black, white or anything. Mm. I'm just talking about, like you say in class, just different people. Yeah. But not all companies will do mm. that. Because I've, I've seen interns working for some of the high-end designers that they'll work for six months for free. Mm. That doesn't mean that that's the best candidate for the role. And just back to the film, actually, one Sorry, critique, one on. critique um, <laughs> just on, on on that subject is, is the actual casting of the film, right? So yeah. if you're you know, a young up and coming black actor from Zimbabwe actually living in Kenya or actually Uganda. African. How many of the cast were actually you know yeah. born and bred and still live in Africa right now? Yeah. How or many even like, first generation of the because, of the main cast? Because a lot of the accents were a bit Well this is the thing, right? So in the screening, you know, <laughs> some of my, my colleagues they were pointing out that were from East Africa that you yeah. know some of the accents were off. They could, you know, hear tints yeah. of you know, English, like traditional English and also, you know, American kind of accents in it. So how many, you know, of the cast, back to Ryan Coogler, yeah. <laughs> were actually, you know, born and bred and were still living in, in Africa? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I kind of get the point and I understand it, but it's a... There's a lot of Nigerian actors and actresses that would have loved to have been in this of film. Of course, absolutely. Nollywood is big. Absolutely, and I kind of... I don't know where I don't know what my answer to that is, but I think in this instance you, you get the best person for the role, um, and I think that it it's a I think I don't know how to answer this question properly, but I do think that there's no I didn't think that there was anyone in the film who shouldn't have been in it. No, no, um, no. And I don't no. know. I I think first and foremost, it's let's make a good film. And they do they have the right people to make the right film? Yes. Then you have to apply what you usually apply in films, which is, do we have people that are famous? And I think in this they were known, but they weren't huge name actors. But, well, you had like Forrest Whitaker, yes, Angela Bassett, but they were in Lupita. They were, Lupita. But, so um, even um, what's his name? 
no, Michael okay. B. Jordan. As Michael well. B. Jordan. Yeah. 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 So, and maybe that is the point that there were there were no actors. So those were the like... draw, but I do think some of the other characters could. I mean, Okoya, she's Zimbabwean, yeah. so that was that. Um, obviously, Lupita. But they were, I felt someone when I was switching when I was listening to the accents, I was thinking you could have just got an African to okay. play that role. But here's my question: what, <laughs> what should the accent be? Because Wakanda's not a country; it's not Africa. I just told you where Wakanda was. Yes, but, but it's but it's not. A, and so you know, if you had it's East Africa, yeah. Much, right? well, yeah. well, I mean, but it's made up, right? So what? Because in Baku had was kind of doing. I felt like more of a Nigerian accent. Um, he's. Um, I felt like he was doing like an Evo accent, but maybe that was again me reading into it. I but I was like, his, I feel yeah. like I hear there was a bit of Evo there. I think there. That's you in your jar again. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think he does have a lot of, I guess, what you might call Nigerian mannerisms about yeah. him and the way he spoke. But I do think, it, I think it might have been, I think it might have weakened the film if they all had, because for example, Michael B, not Michael B, because he is, but the rest of them, what then they would all have to subscribe to one accent and then everyone would have to do that you know what i mean no 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 i just i think what going back to richard's point i just when i was looking at the film it was great to see a, this all you know majority black cast it wasn't all black because you know um what's his name um, freeman yeah, yeah he was in it um but it was have been i did also think oh you know what this would how amazing it would have been if they'd had some also actual African actors and actresses in the film maybe not in the most like in the leading roles but in some of the roles that's what I was just yeah, thinking yeah I think you know in time you know we will get there obviously I'm, I'm happy with the way the film was made <laughs> and the way it's cast we'll take what we got but no we can draw direct parallels with you know industry here right so whether it be the digital advertising industry or the fashion industry we just go to the go-to right who's yeah. the easy hire in terms of like a referral right yeah it's the same right in, in, in Hollywood like yeah. why would we go to the continent of Africa yeah. and search around for actresses and to be fair going back and to Sean's but you do need people you do need big stars that yeah. are going to draw that so Drawing. hearing Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker in this film I was like okay yeah this mm. sounds like it's serious like you know these are big actors and you can imagine that everyone was trying to audition to get in this film well, as well. You know, so, you, I know, mean... you know, you can imagine that the, uh, <laughs> the casting call is just like, just yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that everyone was trying to get into this. Yeah. And, um, and you also forget, and I think this is something that's also, a lot of these guys have worked so hard, like, oh, mm. like Chad, Chad yeah. Boseman is 42. Um, this yeah, is you, a, you know what, I mean? that blows my mind that he's 42. <laughs> he looks like he's like early 30s. Yeah. But these guys have been grinding in the yeah. industry for yeah. so long. So for them to be overlooked for um, mm. um, people that probably have, but I think that's an important thing. Like, like I told you, I saw, I saw him on the tube last year. You know, these, know. Guys, yeah, these guys have been working for so long to yeah. try it. So it's, um, let them reap the success, the benefits of their award too. Okay, so just my final kind of slightly reading into it too much okay. kind of point. Um, Martin Freeman's ca um, character, he played um, um, Agent Ross, who is a, I think, CIA yeah. um, agent. Do you feel like they kind of had to put in there the white saviour? No, I didn't think he was a saviour. I think he was a representation of what black people usually are in films. The funny somewhat helpful sidekick but yeah. doesn't really have um yeah i don't think it was a savior at all i think he was generally what the black wallpaper i referenced earlier it was um because yeah i don't know rich what do you think I, I kind of sit yeah i kind of you know it was kind of bordering on that kind of like leopold you know explorer you know coming in to kind of yeah. infiltrate right 
um, and T'Challa, you know, various members were kind of like weary of like his his presence. Um, but, you know, Lupita as well, you know, was you know very much on his side and wanted to save him and kind of like, you know, obviously he supposedly took a bullet for her. And um, also, mirrors kind of like real life in terms of the um, U.S. government meddling with um, African nations trying to overthrow leaders. Mm. But anyway, that's a side note that I always just chuck in. But yeah, go on. Sorry. Okay, no, no I just thought that yeah, if we're kind of like you know delving and looking into it to that aspect and he's probably potentially like the leak right in terms of you know Wakanda you know you know their their minerals and resources kind of like being exposed you know him going back to the states at some point and you know um, I felt like they showed him too much but anyway sorry (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah you know it was all part of the story right so you know in the narrative you know being a Marvel film and I thought you know his role was was okay and I thought his performance was fine so in terms of just to sum up the ending what did we think about that because i would say the line the last line that um michael b jordan so killamonger's character said um before he died i thought that was so good i mean what should i i'll just to paraphrase paraphrase i won't repeat it word for word where he basically just says um to bury him obviously he's dying with his ancestors in the sea who decided to jump off the ships rather to live a life of in servitude? Which for me, I was like, oh, that that hit hard. <laughs> you go. <laughs> you oh, just eating something. <laughs> um, I mean, that is. Yeah, I remember when I heard that, I was just like, you know, okay, because you know, I think for some people, you know the story, and I kind of, I don't that was a part which kind of maybe tied together kind of all the facets of his character. Yeah. Um, because he was almost trying to say, we've all seen this story before. Yeah. And I don't want to be part of that narrative um, or kind of black bondage. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it was, I think it was brave for them to put that in there. And I'm sure there were a lot of discussions. I was, around, I was surprised yeah. considering for like a Disney Marvel film mm. that some aligned to be fair, that strong mm. at the end of the, towards the end of the film, and you know, that, and the credit to Ryan Coogler, who was co-writer on the yeah. film as well, um, with um, um, Joe Robert Cole. Mm. I think for them to get that in there and that to you know be such a big scene was a real kind of like you know well done to them as well because it was it was really powerful. Yeah, I think in general, like Michael B. Jordan's script was like well written, and I think it was not risky, but you know, we're, it's kind of quite refreshing, like to see you know him speak about on those you know touching those su- subject matters in such a high profile film. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, hopefully these kind of things come, cry, become Rich? the norm. <laughs> it was kind of like a Lion King moment, right? Like, on, on that cliff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and watching it like, was the a sun bit of yeah, watching the sunset and the horizon. And stuff, and, oh, it was and so nice. And I think nice. it was that point where we kind of like, yeah, we kind of I like, felt, felt it. Sorry I for. felt, I felt, I didn't cry, but I, I felt like a little. Mm. I don't know something in my chest, like yeah. like I felt it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And can we just say, by the way, Michael B. Jordan's performance as a, to yeah, yeah, he was so good. He was he was really good. And and what I thought with his performance, he had um, obviously the action scenes. He did some comedic moments as well. It it was um it was really it was really and it helped me to really root for him, even though he was supposed to be the villain. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, we spoke about you know him not being the traditional villain again, right? And traditional yeah. villain would never have got that that scene right in, no. yeah. in a film. Like I didn't where, want him to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right at <laughs> the end, yeah, you didn't want him to. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was um, quite symbolic in, in the film as well. It's like two black brothers, right? At the, yeah. Pretty much black brothers, right? With some kind of form of unity at the end was was quite nice. Yeah. I almost I didn't want him to die because I thought of four and um, Ford's brother Loki and that how the, he's been so close to killing him and then he's not kind of like so I was I almost was kind of like thinking at the end that he was going to like save him but I don't know we'll see let's see what happens next anyway so overall we're quite positive about the film do you think you know with films like this so we, like we mentioned Get Out um, Black um, Panther do you think it's going to change like um, Hollywood the entertainment industry it's still about the box office, right? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is I think be I think the problem major... is right now is you know with all industry, like especially music, right? We see you know big you know labels in the movie industry, movie um um like movie you know houses, you know kind of like jumping on the bandwagon. I think that's the problem right now is that you're gonna we might start seeing you know more of a black cast in films where the content isn't as as strong. Yeah. Um. So that that's a um a bit of a a fear from my side um, is that there's going to be that kind of effect of you know that trickle effect that always happens in the music industry. They always jump on a on a genre yeah. which is hot um, at a specific time, and then you just kind of like it kind of like it dilutes the yeah the effectiveness of you yeah. know the Get Out and Black Panther. Yeah. Um, honest answer is I don't know, but what I do know is that it what the film has done is it dispels a myth that Hollywood have perpetuated for so long that black films don't make money. And we've exactly. agreed it's a superhero film first, but with an all black cast. I mean, so it's the fifth highest gross opening weekend in Hollywood history um, at a time. And bear in mind it was released in Feb, so it's not traditionally a mm. big film opening weekend period. Um, but yeah, the fact is making money. But I don't think it was no mistake they did it in the US Black History Month. No, not well. no, absolutely not. And I think that was important i think that's a but it gave people a reason to celebrate but also when you look at the breakdown of numbers i think from the car from the viewers it was 37.5 percent black or african-american which is a high percentage but it's not it's not the majority so yeah. it's important that this is a film like get out that appeals to more than just a black audience so being able to show that actually you can have and i think this is the more important message you can have subject matter or cast that are black or tr predominantly black or ethnic and they can still appeal to yeah. a wider section of society which for so long people have said that black movies are only for black people mm -hmm. and that's why we won't fund them and now that that misconception has been completely thrown out of the window let's see we can, what we can do with that i think the real test will see will be how the form the film performs in the international market so i'm thinking of like asia um um, obviously within Europe as well to see if it does well there as well as it's doing in um, the States and I think if it does well that will really show that okay this 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 potentially might be the sign of change going forward I'd be interested to see how they market in other um, yeah. other markets because we have seen with kind of the Avengers or with other films where they have reduced 
the role of the um, black person within the posters or the marketing. Yeah. I mean, they can't do that with They can't film. do that. They're all but, black. <laughs> but it would be interesting to see if how they Because they did that the... with um, 12 Years a Slave where Brad Pitt has like, I don't know, he's in the film for like 10 mm. minutes yeah. and they made him the main character yeah. on the poster mm. in like Asia. Yeah. yeah. So, so it'd be int- I'd be, I'm keen to see how they market it because I, it would, that would kind of, yeah. That would be an interesting thing to see. My friend lives in Hong Kong and I've been asking him, has it been receiving the same amount of hype and buzz? And he's like, yeah, like it's, you know, uh, he's going to watch it this weekend as well. So I was like, tell me what you think of it after you've seen it. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, so um, overall, we're thinking it's a good film, positive. Um, We don't think it's going to change the world. Well nor should it it's a film <laughs> um, at the end of the day and I think we need to be really honest about it yes it is has a bigger wider context than just being a film but it's also still a film and I think that's it's gift but also it's um, it's hard as well because the expectation of what you can do with a film yeah yes of course art can change the world but um, it's a big budget Marvel action film yeah so yeah And you know what? As I said, as a fan of the MCU, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was one of the better films. Um, So we're going to take a quick break right now. Okay, so welcome back, guys. And it's my favourite part of the show. I hope you guys have been thinking it's highlight of the week. I've not written a jingle just yet, but I'm, I'm going to one day. Anyway, so throwing it over to you, um, Sean. Highlight of the week, anything you want to bring a spotlight or attention to? Yeah, so my highlight of the week, probably uh, Stormzy at the Brits. Yes, um, I saw his um, words. Firstly, when in two Brits. <laughs> I wonder if Theresa May saw it. <laughs> uh, which is amazing, but also I think his performance in context of he... A lot of people feel that when a lot of kind of maybe black artists get the limelight oh as they become bigger they forget kind of where they've come from or they become less outspoken about things that they believe in mm. um, or they their voice is diminished because they have so much responsibility from brands who are giving them money to and all this yeah. kind of thing for him to go out on kind of one of the biggest stages in the world and a again let's always be objective first performance was amazing uh, his album was amazing as an album, not just as a grandmother or a black person, but then also for him to use his platform to talk on um, things which have quickly exited the news cycle. So to particularly reference um, Grenfell exactly. to talk about, you know, bla- black women magic um, and then to also talk about kind of how we are represented in news media and take on the, and, you know, and specifically talk about the Daily Mail as well, you know, good for him good for him for speaking that was out a bit, that was my and favorite. using his artistry and platform to have a message bigger than himself because he could have just yeah. gone out and done the bangers from his album and it would have been amazing anyway and so yeah that and you was know my what I, of the week. and you know what i really liked to the fact is that he got all of those major messages in there and it still was a great performance yeah so you didn't feel like you were just being preached at it was just a really good performance so yeah, yeah i'm with you on that one Okay, great highlight. That's a tough act to follow, Rich. Are you able to do it? <laughs> okay, so yeah, so for my um, so up and coming actually. So for next week, um, next Tuesday, um, it's going to be um, so UK Black Tech are hosting their first ever um, Bame Tech Leads Roundtable. Um, okay. So what this is is 
it's a gathering of um, tech leads, BAME, sorry, BAME tech leads um, from, you know, different companies in the industry, such as, you know, Google, Facebook, um, Pivotal, IBM, okay. um, Afrotech, Uber, etc. So this event is next Tuesday being hosted um, by Mark Martin of UK Black Tech. Um, and it will take place in the evening of um, yeah Tuesday 27th and it's going to be at IBM um, and the aim of the event really is is really to to kind of like share ideas of you know one things like recruiting um, what, what are different companies um, doing around that um, and also just you know sharing different initiatives that are happening in each of our different tech companies um, to see if you know if there is a um, kind of coming together that can potentially happen um, across the different companies I know it sounds really amazing. Is that event open to the public or is it just It's not open people? to the public, no. It's kind of like, um, well, it's kind of closed off, right? It's a roundtable initial discussion um, okay. amongst these kind of like chosen um, tech companies to start off with. Um, and then the aim really is to kind of like scale it out um, once kind of like a, a strategy or plan is come together and put in place. Okay, sounds really good. Um I'm assuming there will be some material available from the event. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone wants to kind of like see the output of that that meeting, it'll be in the um, UK Black Tech newsletter in March. Okay. So just check out UK Black Tech on Twitter and and on their domain, their website, ukblacktech.com. Well, when it comes out, we'll definitely add it to our socials as well so everyone can see that. So we've come to the end of our show. Um, Thank you guys for joining me and being geeky with me and discussing um, Black Panther. Um, where can the good people find you? Just remind everyone of your socials. Sure, my Twitter handle is at Amplary Richard. And my Twitter handle, which I haven't used for a long time. <laughs> also oh, definitely I, worth I Shabande, so I-S-H-O-B-A-N-D-E. And I'll add your details to our podcast description. And as always, you can find Colour Out The Box on Instagram um, and Twitter and also on Facebook at Colour Out The Box. And you can always email us, um, colourouttheboxx at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're kind of forever. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, we're off to um yeah, the roundhouse this evening. Um it's Annie Mac's final um headline um event of the week. Um it's actually in aid of a charity at the roundhouse actually. Um so all Is... proceeds will be going to that. Okay. No, I've actually never been to a roundhouse for a music performance. You haven't? No, you I've haven't. been for other stuff, but never for a music performance. Oh, really? Okay. Uh-huh. Which is funny, because I grew up like, yeah. but on the road That's behind all the I go. I went and saw, I've seen Alicia Keys there. Yeah. I saw, what? who did we go and see together? Uh, um, I've seen Paloma Faith there. Sanford's amazing. Yeah. yeah I saw Sanford there. So, Jesse no Ware, I think. I yeah. like it because it's local. I can get the bus I, in. My parents' flat is behind the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's actually quite a good venue, actually. Yeah, I've just never been to stuff there, just never a music performance.